Welcome to the Always On Podcast. I am your host, Duncan McPherson. On this podcast, our objective is to enable our audience, which are highly productive fee-for-service professionals, to always be working on their business and on themselves, personally and professionally. And on today's conversation, I had a great chat with Elaine Christakos and Sherry Pallet, two of the founders of the Women Are Here, which is a tremendous approach to help primarily female advisors expand their sense of purpose and feel more empowered and be more productive in interacting with their clients. If you like this podcast, please like and share. Tell your colleagues. If you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear on this podcast down the road, just let us know. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Always On Podcast. I'm very excited to be joined by two, first of all, very accomplished and respected consultants in the Pareto Coaches Network, but also two of the three co-founders of the Women Are Here initiative. So right up front, Elaine and Sherry, thanks for being here. And let's jump in. Tell us what it was that prompted you to launch the Women Are Here. Thanks, Duncan. Having been an advisor, and in fact, all of us have been, in, been in the financial services industry for a number of years, like well, decades combined, you know, we've just seen the experience. We've, we've lived the experience. We've seen what happens and you know, the, difference, the, the difference in uh, the experience that a female financial professional has versus male. It's a male-dominated industry and there's very little out there that's specifically designed like by women for women in this industry. So seeing the need, talking to our clients, understanding what they're looking for, plus just wanting to share, you know, created and getting together with, with Sherry and Marcy, we'll talk about in a little bit. It just is an absolute natural. And uh, we're just so excited to, to have this program. And, and, and our writing on what Elaine is saying there, you know, our, our theme around, you know, empowering, energizing and elevating not only the women and wealth that we work with, but everyone that they touch in their lives, whether personally or professionally. So this is really about having a, a ripple effect. And, and I, you know, I'll admit I am the known hippie of the group. I'm a little bit out there with some of my concepts. And I really believe there's been a, a collective shift in, in the planet, in the universe, around social consciousness, around giving back, around doing more. And one of the things that I, that I always remember, and you've been so supportive of this initiative, Duncan, when we first started this thing last spring, was when we did the development of our logo. And I'll never forget this because you said, I like how it's a flame because you can take a candle and you can light another candle and you're not detracting from the original candle and you can spread the light. And I kid you not, if you were to ask my kids and people in my lives, my mantra has always been be the light, spread the light. Try to do something, say something, be something that's going to make somebody's day or life better. And so that's really the spirit of what we're embracing with the women are here. Founded on sort of best practice, but also an equal balance of, you know, the personal aspect. Uh, we're all human beings and we don't work in a vacuum. And everything that we experience on a personal level feeds into and affects our work life. So it's, it's really about striving for that balance, that elusive balance that we're all seeking. 
first of all, what what really got me excited about the initiative, and actually I want to stop because I wouldn't even like to call it an initiative because there are many institutions and other entities that are, I would say, dabbling in this space. Maybe it's a campaign. Maybe it is an initiative. Maybe some feel conspicuous by not being in the space, whatever their motivations might be. What I love this about this is the art and science, that balance where you, it's not just a concept that addresses what is a, a significant unmet need, but it's backed up by process. And so I want to talk about this. And, and furthermore, it's not just about how a financial professional can deal more effectively with female clients, female strategic partners, prospective clients, but also attracting more females into the industry. So with that, just let's get to the point. Tell me exactly what it is that the women are here is designed to help women in the wealth management business accomplish. Duncan, I just want to touch quickly on you you talked about firms that are that are in the that are in this space or trying to get in the space. Some of them are dabbling. You know, to your point, there, you know, a real specific example that I that I come up, think about is uh, there's a woman that I've been working with for a number of years as a client. She's a female financial professional, large firm, like very large national national firm. She's very successful in her own right. Like she's built an incredible business. She's partnering up with, with another uh, advisor right now, male. This person actually came to her. And said, hey, like, can you photocopy this stuff for me? <laughs> and, and she's like, you know, it's easier to just go photocopy it than actually explain to him why it's wrong for him to ask her to photocopy this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a challenge that they face. Now, very large firm. When we were researching and doing working on developing the women are here, I went to this large firm's website and they have got a splash of a website and all these initiatives for female financial professionals and helping female financial professionals grow and, and prosper within their world. And, and so after seeing that, I went back to this said advisor and I said, like, have you heard about this program? And I think I might've heard something about it. I don't know what it is though. I'm like, they missed the mark. Like they're absolutely missing the mark. And, you know, who knows? Did they come up with that program so that people like you and me can look and say, oh, wow, look at, they've got a great program. (laughs) Or did they actually do it to help people? You know, so we, you know, we developed this program. It's real. It's process driven. You know, it's a unique process, like specifically to guide and support women in wealth. You know, so we're going through like empowering, we want to empower advisors to make, you know, decisions, chart a course for their best life, energize, you know, lifting up and energizing ourselves and and others and elevate, you know, next level, absolutely everything, not just uh, professionally, but personally as well. And, and I wanted to add too, like, you know, we, we want to eliminate any misconception that this is about uh, a program about what we can't do as women in the industry. This is about what we can do. This is about building on strengths and working collaboratively with everybody in the industry, uh, whether they're a woman or not. And our, our mission is not that you come to these podcasts or you go to the website and it feels like a group hug. Yes, it, we want it to be supportive, but we want it to be actionable. Like my personal mission with every 
call I have with literally every client is, or any email that I send is that there will be one thing that they take away and they can do the next day that will change their life for the better. And, and sometimes it's something really, really small. Like it could be like a daily habit. And I know we've all had that. You know, when you've got something in your day and it could be in your professional day, it might be in your personal day that every time you have to get to it, you're kind of gritting your teeth. Like, ah, oh, this really doesn't work anymore. It's not fitting anymore. I mean, that's a sign that something's out of balance. You're, you're not in alignment. And the only one to change it is you. <laughs> so sometimes when it's little habits, you know, they're easier to change. Sometimes it's people in our lives that are out of alignment. Team members, uh, you know, one of the big topics, and I think if, 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 if advisors could outsource any one piece of running a practice, it would be HR. You can develop a process. You can fix technology. You can't predict people. You know, you, it's the, the art of behavioral, and, and I know Elaine knows more than this than I do, but behavioral science around motivations and, and inspiring and, and, and working with others is, is really difficult and challenging. So we want every podcast, every article, every you know session that you send with us, that there is at least one or two things you were writing down on a piece of paper and implementing, you know, if not this afternoon, tomorrow morning and saying, I'm so glad that I listened to that or I read that. That's, that's really important to us. Yeah, that's really great. And uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because your, your point about approaching something with dread, I'm dealing with some lingering long-term injuries. So uh, every morning I know that I've got to stretch for 30 minutes at a minimum. I dread it because it's not comfortable. It's painful. But then when it's done, it's like, okay, yeah. And I also know that if I don't do it and that compounds, uh, I'll pay later for that as well. So we have to focus on that cause and effect and, and the benefit. But what's interesting here, and you and I, we, we, we all talked about this leading up to this conversation, the dual track. So as a lifelong planner, the ability to future pace a relationship, achieve total client engagement, and, and amplify fee worthiness is one of the benefits. The other is just understanding dynamics. Like I'll, I'll give you an example, because I've been very mindful of talking to our clients about this. So financial advisor shared a story with me. Okay. So one of his best clients announced that he was getting divorced. A substantial client. And so the advisor went into reaction mode and realized, and he even said the words, he goes, oh, there's a stock split coming. That was his language. <laughs> he had virtually zero relationship with that client's wife. Mm -hmm. He started almost overreacting and he got in front of the, the, the white, uh, female client and he was pressing pressing, like forcing the issue. And she said to him, I'm a school teacher. I don't see the merit in paying you the equivalent of my yearly salary to manage something that I already have. I don't see the merit. I don't see the value. Massive disruption. And I, I'm only saying that because there are, there are qualitative, very 
meaningful things that can come out of this. They're also quantitative, very practical things that can come out of that. So I wanted to share that with you. And I, I so I want you to go into a little bit more detail on the actionable side and the results that can be achieved when somebody adopts your philosophy and your process. Okay. Awesome. I, I'm going to start by staging the fact that it's we're doing this podcast and it's 2022. And, you know, I'm into lots of different things and, and numerology is one of them. And anybody who studies numerology knows that the number two is all about balance. And 2022, that's amplified three times. So this is going to be a year where a lot of people are looking to get balance in all different areas of their life. And one thing I know, and I, I think everybody uh, you know, listening today can relate, is when something is out of balance and we're not in alignment with our best life, it manifests itself in many different negative ways. So we have increased stress and anxiety. Uh, we have sleepless nights. Uh, we have bad habits that we use as crutches. Uh, you know, we get no focus, poor health. Like, but there's a laundry list of ways that our body tells us we're not doing what we know we should be. And so I just want to, you know, sort of table that. And one of the things that we want to focus on is this concept of going off script. You know, we come into this world and we're actors in our own life and there's players that are up on stage with us. And, you know, through our previous interactions, there's almost a script that develops and there's expectations that are developed by the different players in our, in our scene of life, if you will. And sometimes when we're trying to get into alignment, it means we have to go off script. And it's interesting because I, I was reading an article the other day about, uh, you know, the new Netflix, Don't Look Up. And the caption was, you know, Jennifer Lawrence found it difficult to work with Jonah Hill. So I'm thinking my immediate response was, oh, she doesn't like him. I got to find out more. But no, that wasn't it. He's quite a jokester and a prankster. And he's very, he likes to be spontaneous and he ad libs and he goes off script and much like when an actor's on stage and they rehearse the lines, if the person they're working with changes those lines, it's abrupt, it's upsetting, it's disruptive. And sometimes those are the scenes that are actually used because they produce a better cut in the end of the movie, but nobody saw it coming. And so much like that, sometimes we're interacting with family members, friends, our community, co-workers, peers, colleagues, managers, and we're following our script. And so today is about identifying areas where we can help you go off script, not to be disruptive, but to actually get into alignment and bring peace and harmony to areas of your life where it doesn't exist right now. And it's, it's not going to be like next week, we're all living our best life. This is about sort of incremental change. And, and my, what I would ask people listening today to do is pick the one thing that's the top of your mind that you know you need to change. And, it, and if it feels more comfortable starting with something small, because there might be something bigger on the radar, start with something small. But as we're going through the motions today and walking through the steps, just to have that one thing on your mind, even write it down on a piece of paper so you don't forget what it is by the time we wind down today. I just want to jump in there too. I mean, so when we look at look at scripts, and, and you brought up such a great example, Duncan, of that, you know, that specific advisor, um, like totally thrown off script by you know by the divorce and then was scrambling like didn't didn't know what to do didn't know how to get back on track and these things happen and they happen all the time in in 
you know, in advisors world, you know, things like a death or divorce or other situations ourselves. Hey, in our certain situation, our partner in this, in this process is Marcy Freed, rock star, you know, rock star uh, partner in, in this, uh, when the women are here. So why isn't she here right now? Well, her daughter had a, had a, or she had a new grandbaby. And I mean, sorry, everything else goes, you know, gets put aside and she's off to, off to Florida to look after this, uh, the grandbaby and the, uh, and the other uh, grandchildren as well. So, I mean, Hey, scripts off. Uh, here we go. Let's, let's do this without her and look forward to getting back with her again soon. I know, she'd but, love to, I know she'd love to be here with us, but we've seen the pictures already of the new grandbaby and she's in the right place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's interesting. You talk about going off script. I'm a man. I've got tendencies and predispositions. One thing I'm trying to do is just be open and accepting of things that are beyond my core comprehension. I'll give you an example. And part of that is ego, like parking the ego. So I'm getting my hair cut. My hairstylist, I've known her for a long time. She is very eclectic. And she, she's an artist, but she's into numerology. She introduced me to Kua. Does that... Ring a bell, Sherry Kua, K-U-A. No, I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so get this. So I'm talking to her. I'm saying, gosh, I'm, I'm stalled on this book. I'm rewriting this book. It was obsolete because of the force majeure and all this nonsense. So I'm, I'm rewriting it. And I'm just stalled. And she goes, what's your birthday? I told her. She goes onto her iPad, stops cutting my hair, goes onto her iPad, she goes, when you're sitting in front of the computer, what direction are you facing? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's south. She goes, no, that's a block. She got into this feng shui thing. And she says, I want you tonight to face northeast and see what happens. I banged off a chapter that night. Yeah. Now, maybe it was self-fulfilling. Maybe I just wanted it to work. I don't know. But uh -huh. my point is, I'm trying at this stage of my life to park the ego and be open to things that are not part of my core competency and see if they'll help me self-actualize a little bit. So anyway, little interesting little sidebar, but I do want to ask you a really important question here. On behalf of men, <laughs> what can men do? to get better at interacting with their female team members and, and adding strength to their relevance to their female clients and strategic partners. I'll start Elaine. Um, and I think the one thing that they can do is actually first demonstrate to their team that they have an openness and willingness to want to do better and, and to ask them, what that looks like. It's, it's really hard to respond for women everywhere in terms of what their unique needs are. But I will say the first step is just creating that awareness that they're open to it. And what could I do better? What could I do differently to interact, to communicate, to support mm -hmm. uh, you? And I think part of, and, and I really appreciate you asking the question, Duncan, and, and, and Marcy and Elaine and I had this conversation around inclusion 
and you know, we, we want to be inclusive, but it's hard to, you don't have the perception and experience of the people that you're trying to include unless you are a representative of that demographic. And so I think you and I had a conversation when we were doing the symposium and I said, you know, I'm not sure people realize how upsetting it is when I'm around the dinner table and the grandparents ask my daughter to clear the table and my sons are sitting right beside her. And I'm like, there's three able-bodied children here. <laughs> they are all capable of putting their own dishes in the dishwasher. Yeah. And so I think some of it is so deeply entrenched. It's not on purpose. It's really not on purpose. It's just so subconscious. We, we just don't even mm-hmm. have an awareness. So I think the first step is asking people, how, how can I have a better awareness? And what does that look like for you? Okay, so and I want to run with that. I want to run with that, but I'll let Elaine uh, add in her uh, commentary on that question. Then I want to I want to go deep into this because I'm very very legitimately interested in this. So Elaine, take okay. that. Okay. I I also, I just want to kind of also expand that it's not always, like, it's not necessary. It's not necessary that everybody change. It's, it's a matter of understanding, Mm. you know, and we've all got our areas of expertise and male, female, you know, some people have got more eclectic knowledge and understanding than, than others. Our team, like, (laughs) like our team is, is, just phenomenal. Like Sherry's skill set, that's not my skill set. I'm, you know, a lot more on the behavioral side of things and behavioral profiling, science and that kind of thing. Marcy, research maniac, you know, so it takes all all kinds to to really set the stage. So to so to um, you know have a blanket statement for all men or all women, I mean we can't do that for sure. Mm-hmm. What we do want, you know, is a place for everybody to, for women to get together and truly be open and honest and and be able to share and share their experiences and move forward together through this process. Yeah. And again, that openness, parking the ego and the authentic intention. And and I, I just want to clarify one of my favorite, well, one of many, but philosophers, John Locke, he said, the goal is not to put somebody at fault. It's to put them in possession of the truth. And there's an element of diplomacy and the Socratic method that goes into helping somebody come to their own conclusions. But I will give you this little insight. Back in the early 90s, I, I, I came to the realization that I wanted to get into the consulting world. I started consulting with teams and understanding team dynamics on a very superficial level. But I started reading and also starting to think about marriage and parenthood and things like that. So I got introduced to some books. One was How to Live with Another Person. Another was, of course, uh, you know, the whole thing around love languages. And then, of course, Men Are From Mars. And you know what was bizarre about that rabbit hole I went down there? It actually made me feel worse because I thought, man, I'm lame. <laughs> but but it, it, I needed the step back. Like you need the dark to appreciate the light. You need the cold to appreciate the warm. And it just helped me understand to your point about whether you say staying in your lane or just understand your strengths. I was task driven hunter gatherer, get stuff done, check boxes. 
And I realized that, um, you know, the whole, the nurturing and those other tendencies of being, a, being interested and in trying to understand someone's situation, it was, it was initially painful, but then it did help me. So I'm just curious, is, is that two directional, meaning is it a slam dunk that a woman advisor is going to be effective with a man client? Or, or do, do, do they have to understand how a man is wired a little bit better? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to understand the, the disconnects and the dynamics here. And I, I've got somewhere I want to go with this in a second, but yeah, just, just take that if you want. <laughs> okay, I'll just jump in a, a bit. I'm not sure, like I'm not positive I'm, I'm following along, but obviously, you know, men... Male advisors deal with male and female clients. You know, female advisors deal with male and and female um, clients as well. But you know, it's not. You know, so it's not. Everything is not just male female. Obviously, that is just one part of the dynamics and one part of the potential ways that people connect or don't. Now, obviously, there's some certain there's certain scenarios where there where if a complete lack of understanding or a complete lack of connection can happen, and there's a, there's a real need for you know a real need for understanding. But this can happen. Men can happen. Women. Have you ever considered launching your own podcast? Not sure how to start outsource it to the best in the business. We did. Our trusted partners at Proudmouth have a turnkey process to take care of everything. Add predictability to your marketing efforts. Visit them today at proudmouth.com. Do you aspire to consistently attract and keep great clients while driving the enterprise value of your business? Do you want to achieve professional contrast by supplementing your technical ability with a consistent client experience driven by best practices? The Blue Square Toolkit brings the proven Pareto Systems philosophy and process to life in a way that tethers your team so that you can competitor-proof your clients, gain their full empowerment, and attract quality referrals, all while restoring liberation and order in your life, and all in an intuitive, easy to use turnkey solution. Visit bluesquaretoolkit.com to get your 14 day free trial today. I'll, I'll tell you something because, you know, I've known you guys for a long time. And as this mm-hmm. initiative developed, uh, it made me just more aware of the concept. So I've been talking to a lot of our clients and I've realized yeah. some of our male clients are exceptional <laughs> at dealing with female clients. And some of them are even, they only, they, they have said to me, I only want to work with female clients because they're engaging, they're empowering. They're just the dream client, but I'll, I'll tell yeah. you a quick little story. So a very enlightened advisor I know who is the total package, known him for a long time. And he's very gracious because he would attribute some of his achievements to our interactions with his team. Anyway, he gets introduced 
to a very substantial prospective client who had just been widowed. I, I guess she inherited far more money than she thought was, was going to happen. She had no idea, frankly. And it actually activated guilt in her because she's, she's mindful of the world and mindful of hardship and there, there's some pain, right, in the world, of course. Mm-hmm. So she goes to her advisor and says, look, I'm inheriting all this money, but I want to create a foundation. I want to be benevolent. I want to give a lot of it away. So create a plan. And that, that advisor created a plan that, in her view, was very underwhelming. So she went and talked to a friend. And her friend introduced her to my advisor. And my point here is that this advisor absolutely found the sweet spot between professional contrast and professional scarcity. Okay, uh-huh. so what I mean by that is, His client called her up and said, hey, look, you've got to talk to my friend. She's going through some big issues. She feels she's in way over her head and she's disconnected from her advisor. So no problem. So he meets with her. And the first thing he says is, hey, look, I know you're carrying a heavy load right now. And I just want you to know that I am here for you. You're a good friend of a great client of mine. He's an advocate of yours. I will answer it. I will be a sounding board for you. There's no expectation it needs to go any further than this. Whatever you need, I am here for you. I'm led by you. And so then the conversation ensues. She's relaxed. And, and, you know, so he's like, what's on your mind? What's, what's concerning you? And so she lays it all out. And she tells him the plan that the other advisor created. And she says to him, So what do you think? Very diplomatic. He says, okay, so there's some merit in what he's proposed. But there are some things I would do differently. And he lays those out. And she is absolutely bewildered. Because she says to my advisor, this is, uh, this is, this is perfect. Why wouldn't my other advisor have proposed this? And my advisor says to her, respectfully, because nobody gets paid to tell you this. You can't monetize on what I just laid out for you. This is the right thing to do. But anyway, 15 minutes in this conversation with a stranger. So you think of professional scarcity. You don't need to become a client to have a conversation with me. Professional contrast. And, and, and taking that salesmanship out of it, she's 15 minutes into the conversation says, would you accept me as a client? It's his biggest client today. Wonderful. From, from advocacy and just that decorum of professional contrast and professional scarcity. So my point is there are male advisors who have figured it out. Yeah. And it's not a tactic. It's not like they've cracked the code. They're just pure. So I guess my, my question there is, 
You know, have you have you seen that as well? Because I know you as part being part of the Pareto Coaches Network, you work with a lot of our clients and so you've seen it all. Absolutely. There's some amazing male advisors out there that do a great job with women. There's no doubt about it. That, that, but that's not at all what it what this is about. And it's not what the women are here about. But uh, just a quick story. When I when I started out in the business as a financial advisor, um, the new thing was speaking to women as a demographic. And it was, and there was a lot of uh uh, a lot of advisors were, yes, I deal with women specifically and all this kind of stuff. So here I am, one out of uh, two women in the city at the at that time, there were financial advisors. So I started running a seminar. I call it a seminar in a can. You know, they, they send you the slides and the script and the whole bit, and you just go and run the seminar called the Women and, women and Wealth. Was, uh, was the seminar. And it was, and I ran it and I ran it and I ran it. And I was like, I'd have like 10 people in a boardroom. I'd have 50 people in a, a ballroom kind of thing, like, you know, all kinds of different, different things. And that's where I built my business. Now, while I was doing this, every other advisor mm-hmm. in town was running them as well. And so, and, and I'm like, okay, the, the other woman in town, I, I get it. But I found when when a when a man is like I'm going to teach I'm going to teach finance to women it's it it just doesn't have the same impact. Not saying they're not capable, and they might have incredible intentions and incredible skills and talent. But personally, as a woman, I'm going to go to a woman to find out about women. It's just it's just natural, and it doesn't mean you know they don't know or they don't they've got bad intentions. There's amazing men out there. And we, I mean, we have the privilege and honor of dealing with a number of amazing male financial professionals, but it's different space. And, and I wanted to um, just go back to the sort of the off script and, and, you know, how can we help uh, the people today go off script with a couple of different areas that directly relate to their advisory practice. And again, these are, these are not, this is not recommendations exclusive to women, but that's who our audience is today. But even things like I've got a woman who is just nailing it with the concept of, you know, if I'm going to be all in with you as an advisor, you have to be all in with me as a client. And, 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 and it, and that's, that's for the brave, right? There's, mm-hmm. we, we've all heard that story where the big client comes in and I've got a couple million. How about we start you off with a half a million? We, we've all heard it. This is where we want our, our advisors to go off script and say, we are not that kind of advisor. We know that in order to do the best job for you, we actually have to mat. It's like asking us to do the puzzle, but we don't have all the pieces. And if we want to figure it out properly, we've got to have all the pieces. I don't know if you've ever tried to do a puzzle with missing pieces, but it's super frustrating. So, so it, it comes from a place of, no, it, it doesn't come from a place we want all your assets and we want all the revenue associated with it. It comes from a place of, it's the right thing to do. And I, you know, again, I believe that in this universe and in our space, when you do the right thing, good things happen. And so it, it took a while for this advisor that I work with to get the courage to actually start trying that out with her prospects. And she said something amazing happened. And it wasn't that every single one of them became clients because this is about a fit, but some of them would immediately recognize the, the vulnerability and truth and the risk that she was taking by saying, that's not what we do. Some of them would go away and interview other advisors 
and come back a few weeks later or even a couple months later and say, you know, of all the advisors we talked to, you were the only person that said that. Everybody else was willing to take the half a million. So there's a perfect example of going off script. Another example I'd, I'd love to give is, and this is just, again, people striving for balance. I don't know about you, but when I talk to advisors, they are, they're, they're dying in an email abyss. Their outlook inbox is just insurmountable. They can't stay on top of it. So I've got a team that as part of their email signature actually says, and we read and respond to our emails between this time every day. And so instead of advisors having to worry that they got to sit there hanging on the ping of their Outlook box and responding in real time, which is not a good thing, they are actually empowered by not looking non-responsive, but having a process around how they control the inflow of email. So I just, you know, I, I wanted to share those because those are two sort of top of mind examples of going off script. Now, I'm sure in 10 years, that email signature won't be off script. Everyone's going to have it. Everyone's going to have it. But for now, it's a little bit off script. It's cutting edge. And when you go out on a limb and you take a risk and again, motivated by doing the right thing, good things happen. You know, what's fascinating about that. So I had a conversation with Chris Jepson about some of these issues uh, a while back. As you know, he co-wrote the advisor playbook with me. We're working on the blue square method. Pretty insightful because he said to me, he said, you know, it's fascinating today before the most trusted profession was doctors. And now the most trusted profession are nurses. And not be just because many nurses are female, but he was just talking about the way they conduct themselves. And the analogy is most doctors, and I'll get to a point here, but most doctors, they start thinking about you when they walk in the door and pull your chart off the, do off the wall. Mm -hmm. And then they stop thinking about you when they put it back and walk out where it's a lost art to have that sort of bedside manner. And you know, what's fascinating. And this is my point. Since this got rolling, I've made a very interesting observation. Virtually every financial services team we work with is fee-based, platform and process-driven, and working on amping up their fee worthiness. But here's a distinction. None of the women I talk to use the words wallet share, <laughs> production, all that old lingo from the days of brokery, sort of hunter-gatherer salesmanship, none of them do. And um, I, I, when, when a, a male client of mine says something like that, they talk about production or book of business, I interrupt them and I say, I'm telling you right now, that jargon, you're going to lose people and you're, you're especially going to lose the females because they, they will not respond to that. And it's a bit jarring. Uh, I'm not trying to be a jerk when I point it up, but I'm just saying, you got you to gotta take a cue here. So anyway, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but, but back to my point about that story with that, with that lady who inherited all that money, that was an advisor that had found the, the sweet spot, the yin and yang of the art and science, probably independent of the gender, but it's just an interesting observation, I thought. Yeah, Absolutely. So your primary addressable audience are women who want to be 
empowered more fully, belong to a community that will propel them to the best version of themselves. Is there a place in your model? Because I am curious, because I do talk to senior advisors who are on the verge of an exit and they're working on their continuity and secession plan. And I tell them, look, get your own in order so you can be more relevant to your clients, dynastic family investment legacy issues. But we talk about protégés, okay? And we say, all right, so you've got 200 clients. This next three to five years, I want you to work with 40. I want you to have a protege who works with the 160. And I want you to be mindful about that protege, ideally being a woman. And I say that because many of your clients are in the same spot as you. They're in the sandwich. They've got aging parents. They've got kids that are adults now. They've got all these massive complex issues. And I think if you're going to hand the torch to somebody who's going to secure your legacy, it's somebody who has that perfect balance. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, regardless of, of gender, I would say, you know, that that attitude and uh, the ability to connect is so important. You know, so, I, you know, I think to your point, I mean, finding that protege that's the right person is is vital. Absolutely. It, it might be a man. It might be a woman. Like truth, truth, like we cannot put a broad brush over over either gender that way. But the right person is is definitely you know what's needed but recognizing who that right person is now for example if this is if the individual advisor can recognize like we could certainly help them recognize some of their gaps and what their strengths are and what their strengths are and what's really connected their clients to them but also what some of their weaknesses are so whatever those weaknesses are we can identify like who is that that's going to fill that gap you know man or woman like realistically and, well, and I, I want to add to that because I think even using the word gender, like we have gen, there's gender fluidity and we have to be sensitive to the fact that there's not just two definitions of gender anymore. Like this whole generation is quote unquote off script, you know, with how they're redefining gender and regardless of the orientation or what we check on our box for, for our, our ID, all of us have within us masculine and feminine energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just the way it is. It, you just have to be really careful when you're talking about, the, you know, the, the separation of the genders. And so it's, it's hard to answer a question. Like we are the women in wealth and it's because primarily we are three women who have lots of experience well in wealth and we want to engage and uplift and enhance that experience for other women. And, and the interesting thing is, and I know Duncan, you're aware is, you know, I, I have a son with special needs and I went through the journey of what it's like to be a parent of somebody with autism. And I went through that journey pretty much alone. And that inspired me to create my charity because I didn't want other people to have to go through it and, mm -hmm. and for it to be that hard. And that's really kind of an extension of this. It's like, we've gone through this experience and we want to tap into how do we use our strengths and our unique abilities and really maximize our experience and pave the way hopefully, for more women who are interested in coming into the world of wealth. I actually said to my daughter, when we started this whole initiative, I said, come to think of it, when I actually started off in the financial services, at no point did I even reflect on the gender ratio. Like I had never done any homework. 
It was a zero consideration because I really believe that we're all going to do what we're supposed to do and that we're not going to let anything like those kinds of boundaries or, or perceptions affect that. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. And I, I definitely have to expand my thinking around our reality because we tend to get, uh, you know, especially when there's disruption into these patterns of being in a bit of a trance, like sleepwalking and just sort of grinding it out day to day. And, and then something gets brought to your attention. It's like, wow, okay. It's like a splash of cold water. And, but, but my point, um, so I remember way back when an advisor that was pretty enlightened about all of this, he was way out in front of his exit plan. He had a, he narrowed it down. He had a choice. If I remember correctly, between a young man in the financial services space and a woman who was not from the space, but wanted to get into the space. And she was in the pharmaceutical arena, but she wasn't licensed. She knew nothing. But he was so impressed with the things that he said you couldn't teach, all the other stuff. So he said, I'm going to bring you on as sort of a COO, client experience director, and all the licensing and all of the mechanics will come into play. Now, I don't know if that was because she was a woman, but he, he had that eureka moment where he said, the things that you don't know, we can teach you. You can learn. We can bring that up to speed. The things that I sense that you're exceptional at, I don't know if I can teach that and bring that out in somebody else. And by the way, COO, I had an interesting conversation with an advisor. Uh, he's going to call his COO a concierge of operations. Instead of chief operating officer, he's going to make it more client facing and, and talk more about the client experience so that the operations create a client experience. Just a neat little tweak there. That's but, awesome. Uh, anyway. Yay. What's that? Yeah, that's off script. <laughs> off script. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just differentiate. Okay. So again, very thought-provoking, very interesting, but let's let's again distill it down. If somebody listening in wants to get to know you better and understand if there's merit in becoming part of your community, what's the best way for them to approach that? I think the first thing I would recommend, Duncan, is they go to the Women Are Here website. So www.thewomenarehere.com. That's going to give you a sense of our approach, some of our programs and options, uh, whether or not it might be a fit for you and your team. Uh, secondly, you can reach out to us. There's an email on there, connect at thewomenarehere.com, and we'll respond to and answer any questions uh, that you may have. So those might be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. We also, we're also on LinkedIn, you know, have a look at our, our LinkedIn page, follow us on LinkedIn uh, and reach out to us via, via LinkedIn as well. We will, we'll always respond. Now we've got a community learning uh, series that's going to be launching April uh, of this year. And, uh, you know, we'd be certainly happy to share, you know, share some of the ideas or share what's, what's upcoming. Uh, is there any um, prospect of creating a bit of a sort of um a white paper or a, a document that's sort of a overarching statement around your philosophy and your process and the problems you address. Uh, is that forthcoming? Mm -hmm. 
we've we've got an outline that you know talks about expectations um what the benefits are so we'd be happy to send that along to anybody that would like to know more and and i'll just recap one of the big distinctions because of your pedigree and just the way you're all wired is it's not a campaign it's not an initiative it is a philosophy with a very laser focus on an addressable audience that's backed up by process and immense credibility because i know many of the clients that you've interact with interacted with and you've just been indispensable not just to their productivity but also just their culture and the vibe that they've created in their business which is that's hard to get right and you you guys have obviously figured that out so uh, very enlightening for me. Any closing comments? Just want to say thank you, Duncan. Along the lines, you're, you're always you've always talked about the full, kind of the complete uh, advisor. You know, it's a personal, professional, and that full alignment. And that philosophy is just so incredibly powerful. And you know, that's one of the you know one of the areas that we want to bring to women as well is like just looking at that the complete picture because. You know, we we are so much more than any one piece. And I want to thank you for the time today too, Duncan. You've always been a big supporter of, you know, the three of us. I'm speaking on behalf of Marcy, who's holding her grandbaby as we speak right now. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, I'd love to see us get to a place where there's balance and, and, and programs built for men too, because you guys have the same needs and desires as we do in terms of living your best life and almost, again, going off script. And maybe asking for and doing some of the things that aren't traditionally asked for by men. Well, then create a module for us because <laughs> there are some of us, the clay is soft, right? Like we, <laughs> we want to know, we want to learn. And yeah, like there's a predisposition to that. And I, I don't mean to make light of that, but I, I think there is a need for that as well from your perspective. So anyway, I'll thank you for your time. It's been exceptional, very eye-opening as expected. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to uh, doing this again soon. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Always On with Duncan McPherson, where our objective is to enable professionals to always be working on their business and on themselves. Want to learn more about Duncan and his team? Visit ParetoSystems.com. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Pareto Systems. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast is powered by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. If you're like me and want to spend more time educating people and less time selling, Proudmouth helps turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. They will help amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans. Visit proudmouth.com to learn more.